The John Morris Show, episode 153. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to The John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. This episode, we're going to get into persistence. Now you may have noticed this one is a, a day later than I normally release them. Normally I release them on Sundays. This one I put out on a Monday. Reason for that, as you're probably aware, that this last Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday. So I assumed most of you would probably be a little preoccupied with that. I may have been a little preoccupied with that myself. So I uh, went ahead and decided to release this on a Monday. That way you have kind of your full attention you can pay to it here. But like I said, I'm this episode I want to get in to persistence. Now when I think of persistence, there's there's one thing that always comes to mind for me. And you may have heard me talk about my childhood a little bit uh, after I was eight years old. My brothers and I, we had a pretty, pretty rough childhood. And that was because in 1909, when I was eight years old, my dad, my little brother and I, we were in a pretty bad car accident. And as a result of that car accident, my dad was, at the time, he ended up become he was uh, fully paralyzed for two weeks. And then after two weeks, he started getting some feeling back and so forth. And he was what, at the time, they called a quadriparetic, and now they call a high-functioning quadriplegic. And now you may be familiar with quadriplegic, which is essentially someone who's paralyzed from the waist down. So a high-functioning quadriplegic, essentially what that meant for my dad was he, like even to this day, he's in his 70s now, he can, he can, I mean, he can walk, he can't walk so well now because he's older, but after the accident, he could walk, uh, he had some feelings in his arms and legs, but everything was kind of a little bit numb for him, and he had to take medicine. Essentially, the biggest thing was is, his nerves would fire kind of uncontrollably without medication. And so he's had to be on medication since that day in 1989 to keep his nerves. Otherwise, he would just basically spasm all the time. He would be constantly spasming. And so things and the way his body kind of worked, it, trying to describe it, the way the way I would put it is if you've ever had one of those dreams where you're either chasing after something or you're running away from something and in in your mind you're you're trying to run as fast as you can but it's like your body just it won't move the way that you want it to move it's just like it's it's kind of stuck in slow motion that would be the way that I would describe kind of how my dad lives his day-to-day life you know he 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 can he can kind of feel he can move but it's just like his body won't quite react the way that he would like for it to react in his mind and so as you can imagine especially as he's gotten older that's become more and more and more difficult for him to kind of deal with and so again when i think of persistence i immediately think of him now there were a lot of lessons i learned from my dad growing up on what not to do. And I've talked about this before in the past. You know, both my parents, my dad in particular, there were a lot of 
shady things, mistakes, etc. But this is one of the things that as I've gotten older, I realized that I got from my dad that I didn't necessarily realize at the time. And it was this, this kind of sort of quiet persistence. So the, the example that I would give, and there's lots of them from, from his life, but my dad, even to this day in his seventies, it takes him now a good hour to two hours just to get up and get out of bed and kind of get ready for the day. And it's not the kind of, you know, one to two hours where you're running around and you're, you know, you're doing all sorts of stuff, doing your hair, you're haphazard all over the place. Some people take that long and it's just they're kind of all over the place. For my dad, it's a very slow, deliberate process for him to wake up, get to the point where he can kind of get his body going, pull himself out of bed, just kind of do some basic hygiene, get on some base, you know, basic clothing and be go out and eat some breakfast and be able to get to the point where he can actually go about his day. It takes him a good 1 to 2 hours to be able to do that now in his 70s because it's just his body will not work the way he wants it to work and it's hard I know it's hard to imagine that it could take that long for someone to get up and get out of bed but it's just kind of how how his life is and he, yet he does that you know, it, you would looking at that it would be easy to think gosh why get out of bed why even get up and and go and try and do anything at all I might as well just stay it takes me so long by the but and he he again because of all of this and his old age you know he's not up at six in the morning right? he it's very hard for him to get up before 10 o'clock in the morning so we're talking waking up around 10 o'clock and it's you know about noon or so before he can really get himself up to to, to do anything some days earlier but that's kind of the general way that it works and so again it would be easy to think well why even get up and get out of bed and there were times in his life where that that was the case but even to this day he gets up and he spends that 1 to 2 hours and the reason that he does it that he gets up is because he has a little art studio and he will take his little hover around and he'll motor into his art studio and he'll go in and he'll spend 3 4 5 hours in there painting so he he puts in that one to two hours so that he can get the four to five hours of being in his, in his studio doing what he loves. He loves painting that much that he's willing to go through essentially hell getting up in the morning so that he can go do it. And he does it every single day. And in fact, because he's able to do this every single day, he has... Uh, taking classes and I think is about a class or two away from having his master's in fine arts. So even with everything that he has stacked against him, he's been able to work himself through a bachelor's, uh, you know, into a graduate degree and, and, and get his master's in fine art. And it's, again, it all comes down to the fact that he loves painting so much. So when I think of persistence, when I think of having... <laughs> having roadblocks put in front of me or uh, uh, things that can trip me up or or something that that could hold me back and persisting through it, 
that's what I think of. It also reminds me uh, of when kind of the opposite example from my own life. When I was uh, when I was younger and I was in high school, I was really really into football, and I was really really committed to football. And I would crawl all over hot coals to be able to play, to be able to practice, to be able to work out for it. In fact, one summer I used to, because I was so committed to football, I used to ride my bike from where we lived. It was about ten miles, which isn't too bad on a bike, although it was a mountain bike, so it was a little. <laughs> <laughs> a little worse, but I used to ride my bike 10 miles into our school at like six in the morning. And then I would go in there and I would lift weights and run doing all my training for football for about two hours. And then I would ride my bike 10 miles back. And the reason I did that is because A, it was a lot, lot better workout, but B, with our family not having a lot of money, we only had one car and my you know, my mom needed the car to go to work, and so I just didn't have a choice. If I wanted to go in and work out, I had to ride the bike. That was just, that's all there was to it. And so I would do that every single day uh, during the summer to go in and be able to be, so I could be good at football because I was that committed to it. And then later on in my life, I was really the opposite with a lot of things. And it was, it was kind of an interesting juxtaposition for me to look back on. And there were different jobs that I had in my life where I would give up on them very quickly. At the f- first sign of any problem or hard work or roadblock, I would just quit. I would give up. I would leave. Uh, when I first, you may have heard me tell the story, but when I first got into the web in general back in around 2004, I didn't get immediately into web development. I actually got interested in it based on online marketing. And so I started out not even trying to 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 be a web developer. I started out trying to be, you know, sell different products and do online marketing. And I would jump from project to project to project. I remember if I didn't I would m- create a product, I would put up a a quick website, I'd maybe run some ads to it. And if I wasn't, uh, in my mind, I don't know what I was thinking. But if it wasn't, I, some of them I would even make, I would make money on like I'd, I'd, <laughs> I would turn a profit on them. But if it wasn't to a certain level, if like I couldn't just immediately quit my job after three days of working on a website, I would give up on it and I would quit and I would move on. And I went from project to project to project to project, just spinning my wheels, not getting anywhere. And over the years, I've kind of tried to, I've kind of learned the difference between the two. How in this one scenario could I be so committed, so into it, crawl over hot coals to be able to do this this activity and in another instance, something that wasn't, I, I felt like I enjoyed doing it, but I just couldn't stick with anything. I had almost zero persistence. And so that's what I want to I wanna kind of give you today is what I've learned from those experiences. Now, the lesson for me, to, to put it succinctly, that, that I've learned through all of this is that I don't believe 
that there's any sort of magic moment where everything just kind of comes together and clicks and everything becomes effortless and you don't need perseverance or persistence. Right? Like It's kind of this, it was a notion that I chased for a while, but a lot of people will tell you, well, if you love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. And there's some truth to that. But the implication is that if you find this one kind of magic thing that is what you were meant to do, you'll never have to work hard or you'll never have to be persistent. You'll never have negative things that you have to deal with. Now, that may not be the way people mean it when they say it, but oftentimes it's the way people take it when they hear it. I know for me in particular, I thought that way. And so anytime I met any sort of resistance, anything I was doing, I always thought to myself, well, this must not be what I was meant to do because if it was, there would be no resistance. Well, what I've come to learn is that no matter what you do, you're going to need persistence. That there's going to be things that uh, that are involved with what you're doing that you don't like doing, you find difficult doing. You gotta you <laughs> you gotta persist through in order to learn how to do something. There's always gonna be some element of resist. Or you're gonna be scared. You're gonna be nervous about doing. There's gonna be some element of resistance to it. So I don't believe that there's any sort of again magical moment where everything just clicks and everything becomes effortless and you sail off into the sunset. Persistence is always necessary. And in particular with web development, that is absolutely going to be true. And you've probably already met with some of this a little bit, especially in the learning phase. And there's a couple different kind of key points I've seen in, in, in people's career, I know in my career and other people that I've been around that there's there's a lot of resistance they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of pinch points for resistance the first one is when you're learning how to code and unless you've been tutored since you were 7 years old like mark zuckerberg was uh you don't speak code and so learning web development learning all these languages and so forth it's going to be a lot like learning a new language. It's a it's a total reorientation of your mind and the way that you have probably thought up to this point. And so in that, there's going to be a lot of resistance. And this is one of the first places that a lot of developers give up is just learning how to code. And so that's one of them. The second one is when you get past that, and it kind of does click for you and you kind of, okay, I, I, I've got my head around this. A lot of developers tend to think, oh, well, now I've got this. I'm good now, right? And there's not going to be any more resistance. Now I can now I can write off into the sunset. But the second kind of big pitch point that I, I see a lot of developers run into is, well, now I know how to code, but how do I make a living out of this thing? And it's deciding, do I want to freelance? Do I want to get hired somewhere? Do I want to teach? Do I want to do a little bit of everything? And then figuring out, okay, if I'm going to freelance, how do I get clients? Or if I'm going to work for somebody, how do I get hired? How do I move up in the company? Or if I'm going to teach, well, what am I going to teach? How am I going to get students, etc.? And so 
turning the skills that you've taught yourself into a career is another really big pitch point that a lot of developers run into. And so, and and there will be others as you go throughout your career, as you grow and get bigger, there's always going to be this el- certain element of resistance as you constantly move out of your current comfort zone. And in all of that, the thing that's going to get you through is persistence. You're always going to need persistence, that dogged persistence, that spending one to two hours a day in the morning to get up out of bed to do the thing that you love to do. You're, you're always going to need that. And the sooner you embrace it, the, 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 the sooner you realize that not only is this something I'm going to need, but it's an opportunity because there'll be so many people who won't be able to muster that kind of persistence. It'll, it's going to help you to, to outcompete those people. Then I think the more at peace you become with where you're at in your career and what you need to do to get, to get where you're going. Now, I want to give you some practical tips for uh, increasing your ability to persist in the things that you're doing. But before I do that, I want to, you know, I just was talking about learning how to code and, and the, the pain pointer that's a pinch point for resistance and how it's a reorientation of your mind. And that entire process can be, again, can be very, very, very difficult. Now, at the same time, you don't need to make it harder on yourself than it has to be. You don't need to pile on top of yourself and set yourself up for extra pain and maybe ultimately failure in terms of giving up on it. You don't have to do that. There are certain, not necessarily shortcuts, but assists that you can get. And you've heard me talk about all sorts of different you know, trainings and tutorials and courses in the past that you can, can get into to, to help you do that. And I highly recommend those things. But if PHP is w- what you want to do, if PHP is the thing that you want to get into, then I want to encourage you to check out my PHP 101 course at johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. And in particular right now, because I just uploaded module three to the site. And in module three, we're kind of kind of turning the corner and turning the page. Now, module one was really all about the basics, kind of getting the fundamentals down. Module two was some more advanced things. It's kind of some of the things that that clients or people who can't code will think of as magic, kind of makes you look cool. Module three is where you turn the corner into becoming a professional PHP developer. And that's because it's all about MySQL and the interaction of MySQL and PHP and about building the the foundational skills for building professional database-driven websites, which are what Basically, every website today is all the big things on Facebook, Google, Twitter, WordPress, any of them. They're all database driven websites. And so if you want to be able to build those kind of professional applications that get you notoriety, they get you paid, they, they, they allow you to feel like you've actually built something of consequence that, that has meaning to people. If you want to build those kind of applications, 
knowing how to work with the database and MySQL in particular is it's required. You know, it, it's you have to know how to do that. And so that's why I created module three to show you all that stuff. So inside of it, you're going to learn, oh, obviously you're going to learn all the CRUD elements, create, read, update, delete, which are the foundational kind of elements of database interaction. But on top of that, I'm going to show you how to do all of it inside both PDO and MySQLi. I show you how to do prepared statements. Also take some time and show you how to actually design a database. So object modeling and then mapping that object model into a database structure that makes sense, that's flexible. I showed you the three different kinds of tables that essentially every work, uh, every data database is going to have or needs to have. So I show you how to actually design your database. Then I also show you how to take all the code that we've talked about and turn it into a database class so you don't have to constantly rewrite it. You can just use the class that you've written for yourself or you could use one of the many other ones that are out there, but now you'll know how they work underneath kind of the hood and you can make changes and so forth as you as you see fit and we finish up i show you how to actually connect all this together with what we spend a lot of time on in module one and two which is forms i show you then how to take those forms and take the data from them and submit them to a mysql database using pdo and mysql and prepared statements and all the input filtering and escaping output and all the security stuff that you would need. I show you how to do all of that. And so that's all that's all inside module three. Of course, along with it, you can also get module one and two. They're gonna teach you the, the the fundamentals of PHP. So again, if you want if you if PHP is your thing, if that's what you want to pursue, then I encourage you to give yourself an assist. You can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP to learn more about the course. And don't just, don't do the thing that people do where they just, oh, I'm being pitched. I just immediately brush it off. I'm not even going to think about, go there and take a serious look. I mean, how much quicker could you get where you you want to go with something that's going to teach you everything that you need to know? And why wouldn't it be smarter to get there faster? Why, why make it hard on yourself when you don't have to? All right, so again, obviously up to you, but if you want to check that out, johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. All right, so getting into some practical tips for persistence. I've got three things I kind of wrote down here, and these are, again, just from my life and, and what I've kind of learned in my years. I, I don't know that these are the end-all, be-all of persistence, but these are the things that have meant the most to me and have allowed me to to have the most persistence or when I've been the most persistent in my life, I notice these three things tend to be there. All right, so the first one is whatever it is you're doing, you have to really be passionate about it. You have to love it or really want it. Now, it doesn't need to be the kind of airy-fairy, the secret, you know, every everything's magical and we're all happy type thing. You can want it because you want to be, you just want to be the best in the world at it. Well, there's a lot of high performing athletes. I mean, Michael Jordan talks all the time about the thing that drove him more than anything else was his competitiveness. He hated losing. And that made him arguably the best basketball player of all time. So it can be that kind of, that kind of thing. 
right? But whatever it is, you have to be really passionate about it. Because if you're not passionate about it, if you don't love it, just want it bad, then you're never going to be able to muster up the persistence to get through the, all the icky parts that are going to be there. Again, using Jordan as an example, oh, he famously didn't make his ninth grade basketball team. Well, if he didn't love basketball, if he wasn't passionate about basketball, there's a really good chance he never would have he never would have tried out his 10th grade year. And even more than that, leading up to the tryout for his 10th grade year, he probably wouldn't have put in all of the practice that he did to get better. And throughout his life and his career, he probably wouldn't have put in all of those practices and all that effort, all that extra work to be as good as he possibly could be if he didn't really care about it. And so it, again, if you're trying to make it work with something that you just your heart's just not in and you know it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You have to go after the thing that your heart is in, that you really care about. For my dad, it's painting. He just uh, he he caught the bug early on in his life and it's he's he just never has given up on it. So he goes through what he goes through because he is passionate about it. He loves doing it. For me, when I was younger, it was football. Oh, I for me, I grew up playing football with my older brother, brothers. It was you know, as much as people like talk about you know how they were a kid and used to sit around and have, you know, people love food because as a kid their mom would make them you know, these big meals or they'd sit around. That was the one time they would sit around as a family and, and, and get together and that they've just always had a passion for me. It was football. That's what we did. That's what my brothers were into. It's just how we bonded. And so it was just always there for me, but whatever it is for you, your heart has to be in it. So do some soul searching. If, if web development, if your heart's not in it, if it's just a thing you're going to do, it's going to be very, very difficult. I won't say it's impossible. I'll, I'll leave that door a crack open. But it's going to be very, very difficult to get through those pinch points, through those resistance points, and really be great at it. So do some soul searching. And if it's not it, go after the thing that is it. And maybe web development is a means to that end. But if it is, you always got to remember that. You can't forget that it's ultimately just a means to an end. The second thing is you have to believe that you can do it. And I don't, I'm one of those people, I don't think there's any magic to believing that you can do something. You just have to start. You just have to do it. You just have to say, it's not even that I believe I can do it. I'm just going to do it. It's going to happen period. That's it. There's no debate. There's no discussion. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do it. End of story. And I think really when you are going into something where you don't have a lot of competence, right, because you're learning how to do it, that that self-doubt's going to be there. And for me, the thing that every single time has got me through it is just simply, I'm going to do this, period. There was no magic mental trick. There was no, you know, 
memorizing some mantra or reading some book. It just was, I want it bad enough. It's going to freaking happen. End of story. And so you have to attack every doubt that comes up, whether it's from someone else. You have to attack it with a vengeance because doubt is poison to persistence. And it's, it's really simple why. Because what goes through your head is, well, what's the point? If you allow doubt to creep in, what's the point of being persistent? That's that's what you start to believe. I'm not going to get there. What's it matter? I'm never. This is never going to work for me. So what's the point? That will that will destroy any sort of persistence that you might have. Now, again, example, you know, of of just believing in yourself. For my dad, it was. He just always had a knack for art. Even as a plum, he he started off early in his career as a plumber. He would hand draw the blueprints for the big these big projects. He worked for a company out in Colorado, a big company, and they would do these big commercial projects. So pipes running all over, who knows where. He would draw. He would hand draw the blueprints, and he was so good at it that he became the person for the company that did pretty much all of the blueprinting uh and it was kind of it was kind of strange for it to be done hand drawn like that but he was so good at it so he just always had a knack for that kind of thing and then it eventually he discovered art and it just kind of bled over into that for me when it came to football in terms of believing in myself I didn't have this is one of the interesting things I didn't have a choice because my older brothers all played they were all good they were all kind of star athletes at our school. Everybody knew who they were. Everybody knew who I was, what my last name was. And so coming up, it was just expected. Like if I wasn't good, it would be what's wrong with you. And so I didn't even have, I didn't have a chance to even doubt it. It was almost like that was my destiny. And so I couldn't quit. I couldn't give up. I couldn't doubt because my identity, who I was as a person and as a member of my family counted on me being successful at, at this particular sport. I'm not saying that's necessarily healthy, but that's that's how it was. And so again, it's just, you have to believe it. You have to just attack it. It's going to happen, period, end of story, no matter what. You have to have that mentality. The third thing then is I think you need a strategy. You need some sort of, I don't like using the word plan because when you use plan, people think of fine details. I think with this kind of stuff, that's not a good idea because your plan, those details are never going to go the way that you think they are. But you do need to have kind of a baseline strategy of big steps that you're going to take to get there. And it doesn't need to be perfect but just a rough outline of the way forward, okay? And then on top of that, a dogged commitment to adapting quickly when information changes, when the situation changes, knowing what direction, it's kind of like having a point on the map that you're heading to. You don't necessarily know, oh, I'm going to take this highway, then this road, right? You can do that when you're traveling, but you know, in this particular case, it'd be like, just, I know I need to get to that point over there. And then as you're driving and I'm going to generally, I'm going to take these roads to get there. 
But as you're driving, all of a sudden you realize, uh-oh, we got traffic. We have a traffic jam here. I need to reroute around this. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck here. And so you adjust your strategy. You route around the traffic jam and you keep keep moving forward. That's kind of the, that would be the metaphor I would use for this. Have a general idea of where you're going and how you're going to get there. But be absolutely willing and ready to adjust course when necessary. And keep your focus always on moving forward as quickly as possible. You know, the, the way to think of it is, I'm not going to sit in this traffic jam. I'm not going to let it happen. Oh, now when we travel, a lot of us will just fight through the traffic jam. But in this case, in your life, if you do that, it can you can end up stop. You can run out of gas there. Okay, so you have to have this focus on I'm not gonna let myself get stuck in the traffic jam. All right, so that kind of dogged uh, commitment to adapting quickly and that focus on moving forward with whatever your your strategy is. Now, if there's one thing that you write down and get out of this whole podcast that that I want you to get and and kind of focus on and remember that's related to this is that results feed persistence. And that's absolutely critical. That's why you can't let yourself get stuck in a traffic jam. That's why you can't let yourself slow down. Because the more you results you get, the bigger your belief grows. And that just feeds your ability to persist through the icky parts. So again, if you're going to write anything down, write that down. Results feed persistence. And, you know, for my dad, it was when he first started getting dart, he actually did. Had he gone right into fine art? I don't know. But he learned this way of painting taught by Bob Ross, which is the guy on TV that painted the happy trees. <laughs> and he learned that and he was able to get results really quickly from it. And now he's moved into painting kind of like the old masters and, and fine art and getting his master's degree and so forth. But taking that first step that he did gave him confidence and he just never looked back from that. For me, I can remember clearly that moment. It was my junior year. It was the very first football game of the year. We had had some older guys that had graduated and it was really my class was the, there was like one kid, I think on the team from, from an old, from the senior class. Like there wasn't very, my class was now the class that we were the team. And so I was, I played running back and I can remember the, my first two years, my freshman, sophomore years, I'd played, I had even started on defense, but you know, I, I, I just, I was there. I was okay, but I wasn't any sort of breakout or star or anything like that. I hit my growth spurt between my sophomore and junior year. And so I had gained 30 pounds over the summer coming back for football. And the first football game my junior year, I can remember, I mean, I can remember it clear as day. I can, And I can remember the very first big play was the moment that everything locked in for me. You know, there was a, they, we ran kind of a handoff right up the middle, and there was a little hole. I hit through it. There's a guy, like a guy or two, that kind of tried to arm tackle me. I broke the tackles, and I busted off a big run. Um, I don't think I scored, but I, it was like a 40, 50 yard run. I busted off and it was like, <laughs> for me, it was like my whole life suddenly, 
everything thing made sense. Like bursting through that hole and seeing daylight, it was like, this is what my life was meant to be. And it was just that moment for me. And so from that, that day forward, I never looked back, you know, and went on to be all state and play in college and so forth. But again, it was that, that little bit of results, you know, that one play that went right for me. And from there, I mean, the off season workouts, the practice, there were, there was just no question in my mind how hard I was going to work, that I was going to work harder than everybody else, period. There was just, I was not going to lose because I didn't work hard enough. That wasn't going to be, that wasn't going to be the thing. If somebody beat me, they were going to have to rip it from my cold, dead hands. And so that's the kind of persistence that you can generate when you line these things up. I was lucky I fell into it. In, in a lot of ways in when it came to football now I've been able to engineer that a little bit more now with what I'm doing now but when you line these things up you can find yourself capable of levels of persistence that you never thought possible that you can get yourself to do things that you sitting here now you probably couldn't even imagine but you got to make sure that you do these three things and make sure that you're feeding that that pers- that animal that is your persistence with with results and you do that by being passionate about what you're doing by believing in yourself no matter what and by having a strategy that you move forward on relentlessly you don't let anything stop you all right so hopefully that uh that gives you a kind of a way forward and some things to think about and a little soul searching to do as you kind of move forward with your career. And again, I believe this kind of thing is something that's going to serve you much is much more important than, you know, the the <laughs> what what's on line 3 if you got the semicolon right or if you need to do this while loop here. That stuff all falls into place. Below that is this kind of this kind of stuff, this persistence. All right? So, again, Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you did, I'd appreciate it uh, if you'd leave me a five-star review saying so over on iTunes, johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes. Also, if you're not subscribed yet, you can do so, again, on your iTunes device at johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes or on Android at johnmorrisonline.com slash Android or on any of those devices or your desktop or laptop. We're also over on SoundCloud, johnmorrisonline.com slash SoundCloud. If you liked the episode, be sure to like it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.